Warning, we're about to spoil the anime, Death Parade. If you haven't seen the show, and you plan on watching it, leave now and come back later. But if you have seen it, or you just don't care, then please, stick around. Okay, that uh, that was a lot. There was a lot of emotional stuff. I, I think I'm going to need a few more minutes before we start the episode just to relax, take it over, and give my heart a little rest. Five minutes should do, right? What? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and... Welcome to Cinema Roulette. Goodness gracious, it has been uh, a while. Hi. What? Hi. Justin's here too, by the way. <laughs> oh, you just went quiet, so I assumed I was supposed to talk. Sorry. I don't know if it cut me off, because I was still talking when you went and talked, so Discord might have been really dumb. Um, anyway. Yeah, we've been dealing with a lot of dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we really have been lately a lot of tech issues so uh but yeah those are uh patched for now knock on wood so today uh is a very very interesting anime one that i've been meaning to watch for a while um but just never got around to so i'm just like oh we'll put it on the short se uh, series wheel and before we get into it massive fucking trigger warning for just this, everything, basically. Everything. This show has topics of abuse, of suicide. Bait. Um, I don't think sexual assault, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's really no sexual assault, but there is, like, assault and abuse and suicide and existential dread and just heavy themes of death and life in general. So. Yeah. So, if any of that is not your cup of tea... Or just not what you need today. I understand moving on for a bit. Yup. But yeah. Um, uh, in case you want to know, we do really like the show. Yeah, it actually but, ends up being really good. So, uh, Just in case you don't want to come back, yeah. it's still a good show. It, it, we, we really liked it. Very solid anime. So uh, yeah, today is the 2015 series, A Death Parade. Welcome to Quindecum. Please have a seat. Anyway, we went quiet. <laughs> you motherfucker! You motherfucker! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, anyway. On with it. On with it. What do you mean? We just did the intro. Ah! Let's, uh, but yeah, let's get into the show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. This show is weird, so the summary is going to seem short, but there's a lot more going on. Yeah, the, guess. the plot is relevant, but like in the overall scheme of things, it kind of isn't. But we kind it kind of ties in. It's weird. Think of it like a Ghibli movie. Basically, the like eight tenths of the thing doesn't really matter, and then the plot comes in. Yep. Okay, so we are in a bar called Quindecum with our tent bartender Deckum. Deckham is a lovely man. He just wants you to play a game. How okay, wait. 
Hold on. Question for you. For me? Yes. Okay. Should I summarize this in the sense of the actual timeline of things? Or as the way the show reveals it? Mm, uh, I'd say as the show reveals it. Okay. So yes, we have this bar of Quinn Deckham. And Deckham will for... Two people will come down an elevator, come around the corner, and they will be forced to play a game picked at random. This game it will always have some sort of fucked up twist. Like the first episode, for example, is the two people playing darts, but wherever you hit on the board is linked to the other person's body parts, so they will feel pain there. Yeah, like for example, like if you hit the eye, then they will like see have like huge pain in their eye, and if you hit like their heart, they'll have pain in their heart. And if you hit it on the edge for double points, it's double the pain. Double or triple. Yep. And this is because they are dead. That this whole place is a way to decide if a person goes to heaven or hell. Actually, that's also not true. That is just something said to get a rise out of them. It's either you get reincarnated or you go to the void. The void. Yeah, it's basically Buddhist rules. Buddhism does rule. <laughs> Put it in an electric guitar. Wow! Yeah, just like... Dude, the actual intro... Like, the actual song for the intro has a sick guitar solo. I know, I've listened to the full version. It's fucking oh, it's so great. Good. It's so good. <laughs> Talk about the intro in a bit. Yeah, we will. We'll get back to that, don't worry. That's not plot relevant. <laughs> but that's the basic rules of, of Quindecum. However, there's a new girl here, a black-haired one. And Nona, who is kind of the manager of this section of the afterlife, is like, you're going to be Deckham's assistant. All right, fine. And she, by the way, she actually does not have a name. She's literally referred to as just black haired girl for most of the series. Yeah, until we learn the mystery later. Yes. <laughs> and she helps Deckham get perspective. Because, as we find out, Deckham is not human. Actually, uh, none of the Arbiters in this tower are human. They're called they Arbiters, are... by the way. Yeah, they're called Arbiters. We later find out that they are all made from dolls, and basically the three rules of they they can't experience death, they can't have human emotions... I forget what the third is. Oh, and they can't stop being Arbiters, because that's literally the reason they were made. Yeah. We all also find out Deckham is somewhat an exception in this, because Nona made him with human emotions as an experiment to see what would happen. But he's still treated like a normal Arbiter, so he, he needs the black-haired girl in order to learn how to be how to judge emotionally. And we find out the black hair girl isn't an arbiter. She is a person. A person that... Okay, hold on. I missed an important step here. Oopsies. Also, are you still there? Yep, yep. Okay. Gotta make sure on that. <laughs> You're coming in loud and clear. There are rules to uh, the people who come for the game. They will come... 
when they come down, they will not have their memories, but they will gain it as the game goes on. They do not remember their own death. There is always two of them. And I think that's about it for the rules on when they arrive. Yeah, because we find out the whole point is like that. You like you have to put them in extreme situations in order to draw out like the darkness and stuff and to see who they really are. Because you can't judge a person based on memories alone. You kind of have to know the person and see how they rea- they'd react in certain situations. Yeah, the arbiters get all the memories of the person, but it's seen as in almost a dreamlike way where everything jumps around and it's not very clear. Yeah. Hence the game to draw out what Cameron just said. However, the black-haired girl, when she came down, did not have a partner, remembered she died. So that was already a bunch of red flags. So they wiped her memory and were like, okay, she's going to stay with you. You can judge her and then send her on her way. This doesn't happen. (laughs) Well, I mean, it doesn't happen as quickly as it probably should have. Which also, like, was there any doubt Deca would, like, resurrect her, e- even after the first day? Like, honestly. <laughs> we we knew that would happen. After, after one game, Black Hair Girl snaps at Deckham because because it turns out that the two people in the game were both murderers. But one of them became a... Kind of after gang revenge became a killer in a oh, I can't say that that's a spoiler shit <laughs> just basically became the punisher let's go with that yeah he wanted to become a punisher the other person became a killer out of revenge and actually killed the murderer because he was also involved with the person he was avenging and after finding this out the dude is about to snap and hurt the guy and the black haired chick gets pissed because Deckham is kind of egging it on to happen, which is an unfair judgment because you're literally pushing the person to be evil so you can send them to the void. Yeah. And after snapping at him, Deckham kind of breaks. <laughs> like like he, he's just broken to the point where he just can't say anything and is just standing there motionlessly. She's like shaking him. He's just like, uh, <laughs> And he wants to give up on uh, being an arbiter. He he wants reason for all of this. It's just all the things that you're not supposed to be doing as an arbiter. He's now currently doing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> and finally we find... Um, it turns out the black-haired chick is falling apart because once your soul is gone, you become a mannequin. Your body is left as a mannequin. Yeah, it's really weird. And she, he sees her skin falling off, becoming more mannequin-like. We find out her backstory. We find out her name is uh, Chiyuki. I'm just going to call her Chi for short. That's fine. And yeah, you were absolutely right. It's Chiyuki. I know. I wrote it down. And it is, it, it's nice because it is actually a Japanese name that is spelled the way it sounds. Chi, C-H-I-Yuki, Y-U-K-I. And we find out her backstory of how she, what, due to a child, a children's book that she kept remembering uh, throughout the show, she became an ice skater. She was actually very good, but after one accident, her, basically, her knee was busted in such a way she would never be able to skate again. 
which caused her to kill herself. And that's already a lot. <laughs> Deckham then decides to finally judge her since it's either judge her or she's just going to disappear from existence because who knows what happens if you die in this middle ground. Yeah. He takes her back to the real world and she sees her she sees her mother grieving over her loss and Deckham says I can bring you back like nothing happened if you press this button and some random person will die. She even like debates with it like what if it's one of my friends? There's seven billion people in the world. That there's no chance that there's a very low chance that happens. But overall, she doesn't push it out of the fear that someone else will have to go through the same heartbreak her mother is going through. Ugh, yeah, that's such a hard scene to watch. Jesus Christ. That is. That is we'll get back to that scene because that is a great fucking moment. Jesus. He basically. This turns out to be all a test, and that wouldn't have happened. Mm hmm. Which, honestly, I understand he was doing the situation thing. But jeez, Deckham, that's a dick fucking move. Yeah, and after this, he even feels horrible about it. He's like, I am so sorry that I put you through that. <laughs> and that's kind of the moment where he snaps and breaks down. Yeah. Uh, there was also an old man. I don't know if they ever said his name. They did. Uh, his name is, let me see, Oculus. Okay, old man. Uh, <laughs> Oculus is too hard to remember. <laughs> nah, I just can't stop myself from making VR jokes. That's fair. so. <laughs> but Oculus is like the the CEO of the tower. Yeah, like Nona's like the general manager, and then he's like the owner, basically. <laughs> or whatever's slightly below CEO, because yeah. I guess God is the manager. God himself, yeah, is like the main person who does it, so. He actually was getting pissed that Nona broke the rules, but doesn't really do anything about it. He lets it play out, and it's kind of like, see, your experiment was fucking stupid. <laughs> and Nona's like, no, it wasn't stupid. It still worked, and we need a new way of judging because... As this system is clearly flawed. Chi mm -hmm. gets sent and up the elevator instead of to the void, and Deckham goes back to being an arbiter. Kind of feels unsatisfying when you say it out loud. Yeah! <laughs> it's not, though. It is actually a very satisfying ending. Yeah, it's just it feels unsatisfying if you say it in words. Yeah, it, it's odd. It's one of those things that where like the visuals and the music and the way the characters react and everything really do carry the scene. Yeah. Our hosts need a bit of a break after that summary. So here's a little word from our friends over on our podcast who you can check out after the show. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Okay, so where the fuck to begin? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I would say, I, I think, well, let's just start with, like, the plot and everything. I think I think the show itself is definitely very well written. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, it does. I, I talked about this with you before um, we did the episode. This is a show literally about people playing 
barroom games and it's emotional it's philosophical and it's really interesting to watch and tense it really is and it's very profound and thought-provoking at times it's it it takes all these like games and just makes them like visually beautiful and like stylized and all that shit like this pisses me off (laughs) why is that because it annoys me on a on um uh, i I don't think it's imposter syndrome, but like comparing myself to the writers. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I forget the word for that. Uh, inferiority complex, maybe? I guess. In a way, but yeah, that's more. Yeah. But general inferiority, because it's like, you know, oh, I have to, when I'm writing a story, I need these big narratives. I need multiverse, <laughs> whatever. And then they're like, we have one room and yeah. we're able to go through this whole range of emotions. It's brilliant because, it, I mean,. We talked about this before, too. It's like the whole show is kind of a bottleneck episode because it takes place entirely in Quindecum. Yeah, well, except for, like, two episodes. Yeah. Like, there's... Obviously, we see other places besides the bar. Like, there's an elevator that goes up and down. And, like, I think it's the top... Uh, Yeah, that's what most elevators do. Well, yeah, okay, you know what I meant. Shut up. But... But, like, at the very top, like, next to the top floor is, like, Nona's house with all those, the garden and everything. And then, like, down below at the very bottom, I think, is the subway. And then I think uh, there's Asshole Bar Tender, who's on a different floor than uh, Deckham. Ginty. Ginty, yeah. He's on a different floor than Deckham. So. Uh, There's the pool room. Yep. Or billiards, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's like galactic pool or whatever. It's really cool because they're literally, like, uh, playing pool with, like, planets that, like, glow and, like, roll and, like, float. It's just neat. Well, I hope they roll. They're playing billiards. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just being smart. You're fine. Uh, uh, and there's the room where they uh, get memories and yeah. put them together. Yep. Oh, yeah. The information bureau. But... <laughs> Yeah, other than that, like, it just takes place entirely in this complex, and it manages to have a very satisfying beginning and end for our main characters, and each individual plot that happens for, like, the players, it manages to wrap it up very satisfyingly and sometimes very soul-crushingly sad. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just, it's brilliant how the show does that with the setting and everything, so... (gasps) I think my favorite story moment, though, is when we finally get Chiyuki's backstory, and it's just silent. Dude, that whole montage at the end was so fucking beautiful. Like, um, we'll we'll get this out of the way, too. Like, the visuals and the animation in the show are fucking gorgeous. Basically, take uh, a cutscene from an Atlas game and then up the budget. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's great. Oh, it's... Fantastic. I mean, it kind of feels like an Atlas game too, with like the character designs and the music and everything. It feels Especially very... the music. It yes. felt very Persona and Catherine. It really did, and it's really cool and really pretty to look at. But yeah, um, her backstory, like, because she's uh, roller or is it figure skating? Figure skating. Yep. Figure skating. She's figure skating on ice as like she's going around and spinning and like uh, Deckham. He has like these wire things that uses like pull people back if they're being violent or control things. But like he's controlling the mannequins on the piano um, and like she's spinning around and the animation when she's ice skating is so fluid and so beautiful. But as that's that's just interspiced or interspliced with like different moments from her actual life, uh, just entirely told through the visuals and the music and it just. Oh, so, so amazingly done. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and, like, 
if you're watching the scene, you could 100% see the moment of where narration would come in or something. But it wor it feels like it works so much more impactfully without it. It really does. And obviously, like, there's dialogue sprinkled in here and there for the flashbacks eventually. But yeah, it's just mostly told through visuals and music. And it's, oh, such a brilliant moment. I love it so much. It's it's a beautiful montage. Yeah, that that's probably my favorite moment of the show. It's so oh, well yeah. done. Absolutely. <laughs> it gets across the whole story and just the weight of everything, especially when she... In the backstory, when her knee breaks, you actually see, like, her ice skating front Deckham, and the knee pops off and turns into the mannequin leg, so she tumbles as well. Yep, and it turns into the mannequin leg, and it's just, like, the mannequin knee sticking out of her leg. Such good fucking visual storytelling. It really is. I fucking love moments like that so much. Also, rewinding a few steps, because I'm also a smartass. I know so. Of you with us saying it looks like an Atlas game. Well, of course it does. Atlas makes it look like an anime. No, trust me. Yeah. They get like the shadows and everything to it looks like an Atlas game. Yeah, just the general like vibe and everything, especially like when they were on the subway and coming out and then like going into the bar, there's like that jazzy music with like the blue lighting and the shadows. It just it feels so Atlas. <laughs> yeah. So cool. And plus uh the one episode with the fucking uh the rock star, he looks like the blonde dude from Persona 5. He does! It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's actually, I guess, technically a boy band, but still. Boy band. I, they, he played electric guitar. It's rocking. He did. <laughs> I mean, it's called, was it called like Sheer Heart? No, not Sheer Heart Attack. You were right. I'm pretty sure it is Sheer Heart Attack. Or actually, no, no it's something heart attack i forget what it was yeah um because sheer heart attack was the name of a bubblegum crisis episode and it isn't it a queen i'm pretty sure it's a queen song as well it is yep because they based off queen um cross heart attack cross heart attack that's what it is yep that's about to pull out the case to see <laughs> <laughs> um yeah before we move on to side plots i know i jumped ahead and now i'm really myself back I do like that this show doesn't have a villain. Yeah, it's like um, Oculus kind of does some like uh, not not really villain stuff, but more like puts a wrench into plans and kind of tries to stop people, but not really actively. Like he just takes the memories of the one uh, arbiter and it's like, wow, I see you're doing this. That's really dumb and I don't like that. But he doesn't really do much to try to stop it. Yeah, he doesn't, like, go down and, you know, say something like, I'll judge her myself since you made Deckham incompetent or something along those lines. It's like, okay, we'll let this play out. I still think you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's it's very much more like the circumstances and how the world is set up and everything. Like, the the tension and all that comes from, like, what's going to happen with Shiyuki. Like, <laughs> it's like she's running out of time and slowly turning into a mannequin and we need to get this judgment over with. And it's just how it works around here. Yeah, and before that, you get invested with the characters, even though they're only in there for, like, the two people playing the game, even though they're only there for one episode. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, the regular players that they judge, um, all of their stories are very well done. Yeah, there's a good mystery to wondering, like, okay, what the hell actually happened yeah. to these people? Definitely, and it does change it up very successfully as well. Like, for example, the one time where they're like, oh, this is different. These people actually committed murder, and we usually don't do that. They usually send them to, like, a specialist or something like that, but... 
But no, wanted to see what Deckham would do. Yep. So just a very, very interesting episode. So. <laughs> also, in case you're wondering, no, it's not just one has to go to, one has to be reincarnated, one has to go avoid. Both can go either way. Yeah, we we were wondering that at the beginning, but then the show cleared that both could go up or down. So. Yeah, they made it clear in, uh, I think episode three. Yeah. It's cool kind of the way it subtly does that because you see the light either go up or the light go down. Like the thin light between the elevator. <laughs> yeah. Anything else for the main story? Um, well, we can talk about that moment where, like, it was, uh, the mom was mourning and all that. Oh, right. The horribly emotional moment. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That was really almost forgot gosh. about that part. Yeah. It, 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 it. It wasn't enough, you know, it wasn't enough to give the backstory and the tragedy and everything that happened to uh, Chiyuki. No, we then had to go back to the real world, supposedly, and see how her mom and everyone else was reacting to her death. It was horrible. And especially knowing that these, she committed suicide, it's like her mother is just kind of talking to herself. She puts food on the altar because she realizes I can't stop making a second plate for my daughter. Or whatever. And this just kind of breaks her down. And it's so fucking hard to watch. Um, well, it also breaks her too because that decision of like, okay, yes, yeah. you get to come back, but someone else is going to die. And she's like, yeah, like this is going to happen to someone else because everyone means something to some, or everyone has somebody that deeply cares about them. And it's like, except Mitch McConnell, except Mitch uh, McConnell, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it, you threw me off, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and she's like, this is just going to happen to somebody else. And she can't do it at first, and she's going to do it, but then she can't. And she's like, you press it. You press it, Deckham. And Deckham just kind of can't take it anymore. Um, it reminds me of a moment in a video game, and I'm not going to say what, and I'm not going to say why, but there's a major death. And not only do you have to go through the trauma of that, the game then makes you go through the person's house of the deceased and look around in detail. Oh, it hurts so badly. Uh. Yeah, so that scene's brilliantly done and just very, very insanely emotional. Jesus Christ. And yeah, all it, of the voice it's also beautifully shot. <laughs> it's beautifully shot and animated, absolutely. And all of the voice actors do a fantastic job of getting across the heartbreak of the whole thing. Ugh. So, yeah, that's brilliantly done. And just the way it wraps up, too, is very, very emotional. So, <laughs> yeah, the fact Deckham even has to kind of call it off like, OK, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that might have been a little too far. Uh, I realize I could have just played uh, cards, <laughs> <laughs> which they technically do at one point. They do. Random question from that card one. What would the bind have done? What do you mean? Well, because he always has a... All the Arbiters always have a remote to, like, raise the stakes type deal. Oh, uh, yeah, like, what, what would that have done in a card game? Like, would that have changed the cards in the deck to make it bad, I assume? Like, that would be the only thing that would make sense. You can't exactly have the card explode or something. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. 
actually, wait, go. Sorry for being all over the place. There's a lot to talk about in this yeah. show. <laughs> and I keep forgetting and remembering things. <laughs> it, 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 just so you guys know, just some context. It's been about, what, three days since we finished the show? Yeah, three days because we've been waiting to... Because your computer my, just... My, well, yeah, my power cord straight up broke and we didn't have our computer record on or else we would have done this uh, like three days ago. So we would have done the day after we watched. Yep. Like, well, but we are unable to. So forgive us if our memory is just slightly foggy on this. <laughs> something I really like about the moment too of when she's fi- when Chiyuki is finally breaking down, is it flashes back to all the episodes where even though they weren't technically connected, mm-hmm. other than the characters were there, it shows kind of the emo. It gives you an idea of the emotions that both of these characters yeah. have been through. And how that's added up to this moment. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely, it's great because, like, while they're not directly related plot-wise, they're related theme-wise. And flashing back to that just kind of adds to the impact of the scene. I guess it adds to the point that the scene is trying to get across. Even though it's not directly related, related plot-wise, it helps with, it just helps build it up and just bring it together, I feel. So... Yeah, it helps bring the scene together and basically the whole show together. Yeah, it's really well done. So <laughs> definitely <And> uh, <laughs> more connected than Ghibli movies. Uh, <laughs> that's a random punch that they don't get. <laughs> I know they don't. It's up to you if you want to explain that or not. <laughs> I'll explain it our time. That's a fucking long that's story. That's fair. And another thing I want to bring up that's super impressive about the show is this isn't based off of anything. I mean, it's based off a short film that was, like, a proof of concept. Yep. But it wasn't based off a manga like most anime. It wasn't based off a normal book series. It was just an original idea. Yeah. And it's done brilliantly, honestly. It's fucking fantastic. (laughs) Which, if you don't watch a lot of anime, that's kind of rare for anime, honestly. Like, I'd say, like, a big big chunk, like, 80% of anime are based on an original manga. Yeah, I think, um... The only one that comes to mind on that isn't also based off something is Cowboy Bebop. Also true. Yep, that was original by Shinichiro Watanabe. Uh, did he also do that for uh, Space Dandy? I think Space Dandy was original too. So yeah, most of his anime. Yeah. But yeah, it's fucking amazing how it came out. Honestly. And there might be a season two. The idea's been thrown around for years now. Yeah, because we looked it up in like, uh, I think a year after the show, they said they were going to do a season two, but then that's kind of the last thing that we heard about it. So, but they have, but Madhouse hasn't said they're not going to do a season two yet. So it's still in the air. I mean, Devil's Part Timer got one seven years later. Yeah, so, I think it was like seven or eight years after the first season. So, <laughs> so we might still get, if that does happen, we'll go back and cover it. Absolutely. Because, like, one of our rules is the show does have to be over before we review it. Yeah, but if the next season was announced five years ago, we're considering it done unless something yeah. comes up. We're considering it done until, yeah, proven otherwise. So, because it's like, while they did wrap up the story very satisfyingly here, like the uh, immediate arc, um, they did leave enough room at the end to continue the story, technically. So, And there feels like there is a want to explore the other characters, like Ginty or the old man. Or old man, or the other Arbiter who we barely see, the one with the blue spiked hair. 
Or uh, the one who works in the memory area. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or that lady who wears the skull mask that we see like three yeah! times. She was red. I liked her design. So, because uh, it turns out the lady with the eye patch, she was an arbiter. And we kind of see her last day as an arbiter. And then she moves to the information bureau. <laughs> and yeah. Then... She used to be, have Deckham's job. But yeah. then Deckham came. Yep. So, Quinn, and... I think her name was. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny. She goes to the information bureau. She's like, God, you didn't tell me how much more work it is. And she's like, I'll make it your while. And Nona is always bribing her with alcohol to give her more stuff. <laughs> Apparently dolls can get drunk. Who knew? <laughs> uh, but anything else for the main story? Um, I think that about covers it, actually. So. Okay, now... The episodes. Now for the individual ones. <laughs> Actually, intermission. Let's talk about that damn theme song. <laughs> for intermission, just go, oh, that's a perfect transition right there. Let's talk about that damn theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so, the theme oh, to Death so Parade good. is infamous because it is a fantastic intro very high in energy very beautifully animated but does not get across the tone of the show at all <laughs> it oh not at all it's not even fucking close no it's not like it's still a fantastic intro but everyone who has seen the show has noted that it feels really out of place in comparison to the actual tone <laughs> if it it feels like a it's for a comedy anime. Actually, I'm pretty sure I've seen comedy anime with a more calm intro than this. Yeah, right. Oh god, Space Dandy immediately comes to mind. I'm so mad they got rid of like the American intro after a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, for the Blu-ray. I'm still fucking mad about that. <laughs> it's funny because the Funimation Blu-ray does not include the American intro, but the. Uh... I actually don't even think they released it there. It includes the Japanese one, which we think we we're both think that the American one gets across the show better. <laughs> it does, and I we'll we'll talk about Space Dandy we'll, in our time. We'll talk about <laughs> Space Dandy when we get to Space Dandy. That is a hilarious fucking show. <laughs> I really need to rewatch it in general. It's yeah. I haven't seen it since it originally aired. I do recommend that because the last episode, the ending is hype as fuck. Oh, it's oh, so fun. We'll get to that. We'll, I don't. We don't need to splurge about Space Dandy right now. You're right. We need to save our splurging for later. For like six years down the line. <laughs> when we actually get to it, yeah. Uh, but what were we on about the show? Oh, yeah, the intro. <laughs> the intro. Still beautifully animated. I want to see what show that was. Oh, please. Yeah, I was like, what show is this? Looks fun. Love to see that. Uh, I, I, they also... Sorry, I was just going to say that I, I'm still mad we didn't get our deaf DDR. Mm, that was promised and we didn't get it. Right, because we see Nona playing DDR in the intro and we never get that. And we see all the other, a lot of the other games too. Yeah. Um, also, for a, for the first few episodes, they have uh, custom credit scenes where it shows either about the person's life or what happened after uh, they left type deal. After they left Quindecum. And then they kind of stopped doing that for some reason. Then they just stopped doing that. Because <laughs> we thought they were go going to do like a Riddle Story of Devil thing, because that's what that does. Um, but they they do kind of for this, but then just kind of drop it for some reason. And Maybe ending, it was too expensive. Yeah, and the ending theme is good, don't get me wrong. It's just, <laughs> I wish they would have stuck with that theme. 
Yeah, with changing it each time. That would yeah. be cool. Like, that's a very minor, minor complaint, but it would have been cool. <laughs> no, uh, I complained about the credits, so this show is immediately a 0 out of 10. <laughs> According to internet rules, I said one negative yeah, thing, exactly. so that means I hate it. <laughs> That's a whole nother tangent. I'm pretty sure we have a topic wheel on that, so. I forget if we do. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, we do. We do, yeah, where it's like, um, what's what's wrong with being just good, so. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, that's another time. God damn it. Let's focus on this. We have so thing. much to talk about. In the so future. many things. It's so fun. I'm so excited. But, uh, yeah. I'm not. I think we got across the point of the theme anyway, so we can probably move on now. <laughs> then we can probably get back to the individual episodes. To wrap it up, very good. Highly recommend just looking up the song, too, because it's, it's fun. Uh, do you remember the name of the song? Because I don't. It is Flyers. Flyers, okay. I forget the name of the band, but I know the song's called Flyers. By Bradio. B-R-A-D-I-O. Bradio. I was about to pull it up on Spotify to see what the band was. But... We got it. We got it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, anyway, let's talk about the arcade fighting game episode. Ah, uh, yeah, that one was, I think, by far the most... Well, yeah, it, like, the one with the detective comes pretty close emotional-wise, but that, for me, was, I think, number one in, in like, side story emotional. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it... Because it... <laughs> okay. Uh, the two people who come down this time, one is some just random kind of nerdy guy and the others of reality tv star she she has seven kids so you know she got her own tlc show and originally she thinks it's it's a prank show you yeah. know boost ratings whatever usual tv shit she's convinced that it's a reality show because she's like i've done this i've seen shit like this they're secretly filming us so make it look good <laughs> I'd like to note whenever they spin the uh whenever they play roulette to get a game the game is summoned with a massive explosion and light show usually for the old lady episode they didn't do that because maybe she would have just like passed out from a heart attack because you can get hurt in this world <laughs> yeah so we, we've seen that but yeah there's always a big dramatic like boom and then whatever game just like floats up there and we made fun of it just because we're like um a lot of these people will like try to look for some rational explanation and that big giant fucking explosion and things magically appearing that never seems to tip them off that at the very least something supernatural is going on this may not be re the real world anymore uh, yeah <laughs> But we keep seeing, um, cause the, the game they land on is an arcade fighting game. So best of three woman, uh, guy completely destroy plays her first round. Then she asked him to, uh, let her win next round. And throughout this, we're seeing her memories mainly come back of her being kind of shitty. Yeah. Shade to her age, agent. I almost said Asian. <laughs> Good job. Uh, shade to her kids. So, and up to this point, it was sort of a, this person goes up, this person goes down. We, And it's like, okay, so she's going to be sent down. The guy is good. As we learn their backstories, she, again, massive trigger warning. I know we already mentioned suicide with uh, Chiyuki, but... 
more to come. We find out uh, that the woman went through a life of constant abuse from boyfriends, which is why she has so many kids, constantly pushing through and only getting a big break recently with the TV show. And <laughs> only wanting to be on there be just to finally feel wanted, basically. And we find out the guy had a base. I forget why. Did his mother pass away or did they just get a divorce? They got a divorce. Got a divorce and then he was just angry about his stepmother and one in never acknowledging her really as a person. Yeah. Even she though he says that she was nothing but nice and kind to him. Yeah, she didn't do any... It's not like her fault that the divorce happened or anything. It's just he was oddly against her and one day killed himself. And even though, like, all she wanted was him to call her a mother. I'm trying to think of how to fucking <laughs> continue here because both of those are just horribly depressing. They really, really are. Um, and then how did, how did the mom end up dying again? Uh, she badmouthed her agent and then was just strangled. Oh yeah, that's right. And I was just fucking strangled to death. And yeah, that at the end of the game, cause like things that really, the stakes are high and things get really emotional and there's a gut wrenching moment, at least for me, when she just walks over to him and just starts slamming his head against the arcade cabinet, eventually just knocking him completely unconscious. And well, that's before we even knew her backstory. Yeah. That just because uh, another thing that Deckham will do is basically threat that loser of the game will die, even though you know both are already dead. Yeah, and the extreme circumstance he creates in this situation is button which pops off the controller head uh, or the joystick head. So yeah, the you stick. You essentially apart. can't control the game. <laughs> and then they have to go get it or whatever. And um but yeah, she renders him unconscious and even though he he he's completely unconscious, Deckham's like, the game must continue. Go ahead. And she basically has to beat up this complete like like in the game, just this complete this NPC who's completely unable to defend themselves, which is probably, you know, commentary for like the the story of their deaths and all that. So and like again in her mind at this moment it's cuz she wants to live. Yep. Spoilers, you don't get that. <laughs> yeah, but either way like um I forget who ends up winning. I think the guy ends up winning, yeah. Yeah, I think he wakes up and wins again, but both at that point have all their memories and just break down. Yeah, they literally just break down crying like, why did this happen? We don't want to do this. And they realize how shitty of people they were eventually. Like, I think she runs up to Deckham, starts taking her over, but, and then he just kind of hugs her and, like, forces a hug. And she's like, let go, don't, don't, don't. And then just breaks down and he hugs him too. And they just sit there and fucking cry for a bit. And it's just, oh, uh, uh, it hurts. It hurts so badly. Uh, Thanks, show. That was fun. <laughs> God. And the funny thing is, funny story, we were going to kind of binge the show that night, and I think that was, what, the first episode we came across? No, that was just the second one. That was the second one, and we're like, yeah, we can't continue after this because that just hit so hard. It's like, yep, that's enough for tonight. Oh, God. 
And then, like I said, I think the definitely second emotional episode was the one with the detective and the kid. Oh, the two murderers? That one also hit super hard. That one felt more tense than emotional yeah. for me. It was definitely tense, but it was just, it was how they both kind of like break down and just their rationale for doing so. Because while the arcade episode was more just super emotional, super sad and super tragic, this one more showed like, you know, the dark side of humanity and just the anger, I guess, that goes about when horrible shit happens. Also kind of the moral gray area. Yeah of the of murder basically it's a very punisher like rationale so i guess i'll let you explain the plot of that one yeah um we mentioned a few we've kind of mentioned a few times through the episode already but deckham is given kind of the challenge of well first we're said told that someone is a murderer yeah we aren't say it, it or yeah we didn't we're not told who and we're not told how or anything, but we just know that someone committed murder. But I it's a game of air hockey that the two have to go through. Yep. Which also, the way this is shot, I want an air hockey anime. I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just how fast the puck moves back and forth and just how fluid, like, the, the camera movement and all that is. I know there's not actually a camera there, but just how fluid the movement is and just going back and forth, like, zooming in, zooming out, just... Wha-cha! It's very dynamic. It's really yeah, you, cool. You feel the speed. Yes, it's great. But I don't remember all the steps... We find out both are killers. One, ha the detective's wife was murdered, and he went and got revenge for that. And the kid, his sister, got assaulted, and he's been watching over her ever since their parents passed away and swore to protect her. So got very pissed about this. Went, stabbed the main guy who, who assaulted her, and remembered that there were two people there apparently it turns out the second person was the detective yeah who was also going there to murder the guy for assaulting the girl yeah because um like she uh, she was after she was assaulted all she was or all she said was that there was a man just watching or whatever. We're not told how far and we're not told where, but we just know that as she was being horribly beat up, that there was someone just standing there watching. And we see, yeah, it's revealed that it's a detective and he's just standing in the distance in the trees and she kind of just notices him. And his rationale for that was like, well, there has to be a victim for it, doesn't he? And he's like, that's all she was to you. You could have stopped this. Why didn't you save her? Because then he would have just kept doing this. Honestly, I gotta say, this is a fucking stupid point in his logic of, like, yeah. he needs to see the crime fully go through. Honestly, it's not enough that they are currently committing the crime. They have to finish the crime. It's like, no, you've caught red-handed. Yeah. Just kill. If you want to go punch her, just kill him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he tries to defend it by, oh, what did you want me to do? Lock him up? He'd just go do it again. It's like. No, your whole intention here was to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> so just kill him. She ain't gonna fucking talk. She'd be like, thank... She'd probably just go, thank you, and move on. Mm-hmm. Or worse, knock her out and then murder him. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, this episode was actually a two-parter. Yep. And 12-episode show, which, jeez. 
it was interesting because it's not really you're not told that's a two-parter um it just kind of ends and we were just like oh because the episode um is just normal titles it doesn't say like part one part two yeah so it kind of caught off i caught us off guard which i liked it was cool but yeah at the same time you're like there's a 12 episode show (laughs) (laughs) but then again it's also a very important moment because uh the ending is where Deckham crashes. Because mm-hmm. he, um, the main gimmick of the air hockey was eventually the pucks became parts of the person's body. So if you scored with it, they would feel intense pain. Yeah. <laughs> nice voice crack me. <clears throat> yeah, it happens. <laughs> but after uh, the kid finds out that the here's the detective go on a spiel really wants to fucking murder the guy again. Yeah. And he even kind of says, he's like, you already murdered me once. You really want to murder me again? <laughs> and Deckham sets up all the pucks in a stack. Yeah. He just that way with one fell swoop. Just it, pain. It's pretty fucking cold because he, he like, he's just like, well, there are ways to make him feel intense pain and just stacks him there. <laughs> Gives him a knife and just like, all right, go ape. And Chiyuki tries to stop him, but in the end, he does plunge the knife through. He does go through with it and gets kind of this, like, maniacal grin and stuff at the end. He's like, see, I did it, or whatever, and ends up, they both go to the void. I don't think they ever, we ever see that, but yeah, it's easy to assume. It's heavily implied because he puts him in the elevator, and then, like, the ending shot is of, I think the last one before the ending credits thing is the Onibaba mask. Yeah, because there's two different masks. I don't know what the art mask is. Yeah, it's kind of a happy one. I think one's supposed to represent heaven and he- or hell, or in this case, reincarnation and the void. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that moment of Chiyuki trying to hold him back is fucking yeah. intense. It's really intense. It's a major turning point for uh, Deckham's character, I'd say. Well, yeah, because it's before the last three episodes. <laughs> yeah, so that one's really well done. Um and also, let's talk about the other two major side characters. Um, the Well, we talked about the guy in she, uh, of Cross Heart Attack. Well, the girl that kind of sticks around. I didn't write her name down. Um, I'll find it. Just uh, kind of explain but, that one. Uh, this is one of the few times we actually leave Deckham and we focus on Ginty, who's another arbiter. Yep. And we find out how he runs things. And yeah, he's kind of a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a dick. Arbiters aren't supposed to have emotions. This man's just angry and bitter. Like, the hell. <laughs> and also gets emotions and questions his reality. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what happens is there is a band member from Sheer Heart, not Sheer Heart Attack, we just said this. Cross Heart Attack. <laughs> Cross Heart Attack. And a fangirl of his. Both of them play Twister. He's sent to the void because he, um, the way the game elevates is putting, whenever you put your bipart on a circle, it will change the environment. Like it will make it burning hot, freezing cold, tons of wind, whatever. Mayu is her name. Mayu. M-A-Y-U, Mayu. Okay. And, uh, eventually it's just them, like, the floor goes out from under them and they're stuck in their positions. First to fall, loses. And there's this nice spike trap at the bottom. <laughs> totally real spikes. Yep. <laughs> and the band member is about to push her off, like to save his own skin. Yeah. 
and then she goes on about how important a part of his life or how important he was to her so yeah because the music gave her hope basically <laughs> insert the archer clip yeah but you feel like a dick now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet you feel like a dick uh, and then she sacrifices herself anyway out of respect for him which even though he regrets this ginty's a prick and sends him to the void but can't decide on the girl yeah he can't we, he can't decide on her for some reason she ends up just kind of sticking around <laughs> yeah and he keeps trying to question her to figure out like okay what the hell well, actually no he doesn't send him either his body remember that's the whole plot of the one episode is he's starting to slowly die well no he was in the void because he gives her the ultimatum of sending well fucking light yagami yeah <laughs> Well, it's interesting because, like, he isn't sent to the Void. But, like, his body is still there for some reason. I forget if that was a vision or... That really wasn't explained. Well, no, because that was, like, his physical body, I'm pretty sure. Like, Yeah, but then she goes in the elevator alone and then he appears. Yeah, that's right. So, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be, like, kind of more, like, metaphorical or whatever. Like, it's a visual representation of their bodies coming together or something like that at the end. Well, uh, at the end there, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, funny thing about what Justin just mentioned. Um, Major spoilers for Death Note. Skip to fifty-four fifty. There's a character who's like, "Oh yeah, you can bring him back if you kill this person." And it looks exact. It looked exactly like uh, Light Yagami. And I was like, "Oh hi, Light Yagami. How are you?" It turns out that is literally supposed to be Light Yagami. There is a like kind of unofficial crossover with Death Note here. Because an interesting side plot thing is. Uh, fuck. I said her name like six times. Nona. Nona keeps bringing up the fact that people are dying at a faster rate. <laughs> and this isn't resolved in any way and isn't said why. But the fact that Light Yagami is here probably means the events of Death Note were going on. Yeah. During the events of this show. It was like happening simultaneously because they're like, oh God, there's such a huge influx of bodies, which if you just deduce, it's like, oh yeah, those are all the people Light just kept writing in the death note. Just this person's dead now. This person's dead now. This person's dead now. <laughs> I'm going to take this chip. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> and also the shows are connected because in both there isn't a heaven and hell. So yeah. It's it's described, so it's like, it, um, at the end of the show, Light does die, and it's like presumably he would be sent to uh Quindecum. so. <laughs> Which means uh, because Ginty gives uh the girl an ultimatum of, okay, if you push this button, you can get back with the, your band boyfriend whatever, but this person will go to the void instead. Good thing she fucking pushed it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Light fucking deserves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're back. Uh, but yeah, she is sent down. She's sent down and actually does meet with, with the, the band member. And you see their, well, they fall apart into mannequins, but you see their souls kind of intertwine as they go into the void. Yep. It's a really nice, really bittersweet moment because then you just then see both their bodies just turning into mannequins and they're in the void now. Which also, Ginty, you're a prick. <laughs> oh, obviously. Uh, like, honestly. Like, he is such a prick. <laughs> oh, I did forget to mention at the end of the show, uh, uh, Deckham did take a man the mannequin of Chiyuki and put it 
has it sitting yeah. next to the bar at all times, so that way she's always there. I don't think we mentioned this, but his hobby is taking the mannequins of all the people that he's judged that went to the void and um, basically... No, even if you are resurrected, you become a mannequin. Ah, that's right, yeah. But he's taken the mannequins of all the people that he's judged and put them around kind of in his back room and in order to kind of, like, threaten people, um, like, if they're like, I'm not going to play this game, he's like, I highly recommend you do, and then the bar behind him opens and then you see all the mannequins kind of just hanging there that look like... And he makes it, like, in shadow so it just looks like hanging bodies. Um, but yeah, he says, he's like, I have nothing but the utmost respect for people who've lived a full life. And that's something he keeps saying throughout the show. And so in order to kind of like preserve their memory and stuff, he takes their mannequin form and, uh, keeps it and like dresses them up, I guess, like the person, because he's like, just to show that these person's lives were not meaningless. They didn't amount to that. They didn't deserve to just be buried and forgotten. These were real people that actually existed and they deserve better than that. I think Ginty would probably say something fucking stupid. Deserves yeah. to be punched, which he gets punched a lot, which is funny. It's great, yeah. <laughs> and if there is a season two, I think Ginty would get um, would get emotional, even though he wasn't given human emotions. Yes, yes. Because he's clearly fucking questioning his reality since the girl is still there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I like the old lady one, but I don't have much to say on yeah, it. Yeah, it's really sweet. Uh, the moment that I really loved was the way she figures out that she's already dead. Is She picks up a card, and it's an idea for a drawing that she was going to do that she had not yet drawn. And it was in her head, and she's like, this is exactly how I imagined it and how I would have drawn it. So, Yeah, the, all the cards, because uh, she came alone, so Deckham, Chiyuki, and the old woman are all playing... I forget what it was called. Yeah. The card game. I think it's literally the title of the episode that's in, but <laughs> probably is. But yeah, all the cards have pictures relating to the person. So she has all her old drawings and even takes the cards with her when she goes up. And I don't think there's any other episodes I really want to talk. Yeah. Or... There is uh, the last part of this show questioning what the fuck the purpose of life is yeah this show does get really fucking existential obviously like and i guess that's a given considering it's dealing with like you know the death de de literally like that's the title of the show is death parade and it's like the, there is no parade though yeah sadly there is no literal parade which is unfortunate uh <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if it was like a parade and it was like a big band playing the theme like <laughs> That would be pretty good. Oh, I would love that. So, yeah, because all I knew about the show going in was basically the setup is that you're once you die, you're sent here and then you were judged by playing the games. That's all I knew about it. And Justin, didn't all know, I knew was the name. Yeah. And Justin didn't know like anything going in. He realized he had heard the theme before because it is a very famous theme. But that's about it. But yeah, there's a lot of philosophy of like mm -hmm. if the meat, if well, if pain is needed in life, yeah. if like. Is it really life without sin? Is there any way you can judge someone even based on their life or their action? Yeah, it essentially deals with um, not only, you know, what's the meaning of life, but like what gives us purpose? What? Why are we alive? You know, like and the answer is buying Funimation products. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Today's episode is sponsored by. <laughs> I honestly would have loved it if the show did that. That would be so fucking ridiculous, honestly. Like just one episode. Just one episode that is just a shameless plug. <laughs> 
you can go to Funimation.com to stream now. <laughs> Some shit like that. <laughs> the true me of life is watching Madhouse anime and purchasing yeah. all their product. God, I, I just, this is so dark. I don't know if I, I can judge this person. But you know what I can't judge? These low prices. <laughs> Today, Ma Studio Madhouse will be having a sale on all Blu-ray copies of their series. <laughs> Oh, that would be fucking amazing, yes. <laughs> Go to the universe where every movie and show has a shameless plug. <laughs> Just like a like Wayne's World style, like picking up the product, winking at the camera, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> it's the scene of the mother creamage. It's like, I know it's your favorite. You always love Nestle Crunch Bars. <laughs> Available at all convenience stores. <laughs> Starts crying or something. Yeah. Every single day I make you a bowl of delicious Nestle Crunch. <laughs> Nestle Crunch cereal available October 3rd. <laughs> oh my god, we have such a dark sense of humor. <laughs> oh lord. But, uh, yeah. And I think that's about it, huh? I think that's about it with the show. Because I know, obviously, we already mentioned the music and the visuals, just the animation. Mwah, so uh, cool. Yeah, a bit, just a bit more. Music's fucking great. Yeah, music's fucking great. And there's some really clever transitions, too, like the one with the, uh, the jellyfish. Yeah, because they're, they're doing a flashback, and there's a tank of jellyfish. Which, are those jellyfish dead? Yeah. Or are they also dolls? That's what I was wondering. I was like, those, are those jellyfish that, like, died in the ocean or something? <laughs> but either way, um, you're, like, looking through it at the... As uh, people are sitting at the bar, a jellyfish fish goes by, and then it cuts back to where we are now. Ah, so fucking smooth. So smooth. Like, I was about to say something, and then I kind of stopped once that happened because it just kind of caught me off guard. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> also, the games are well edited. Like, we talked about the air hockey, but we see bowling. We see darts. Yeah. Um, Beautifully animated. Just the lighting, the shadows, and just how fast everything is. Like I said, just when, it, when the action happens, it's very fluid. It's beautiful to look at. Just a lot of fun. Yeah. Well shot. And then something I realized, too, because I knew the guy who played uh, the fucking asshole or whatever. Uh, yeah, he was voiced by Robert McCollum, who also voiced uh, Kogami in Psychopaths and the detective in Future Diary. Yeah, okay, that's why I know him. Yeah, I was because I kept hearing I'm like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's who it is. <laughs> That's half the show is going, I know that fucking yeah. voice. Who are you? There's a lot of very familiar voices. If you watch a lot of anime like we do, it's like, oh, shit, there's that person. It's just cool and fun to do. Especially the obvious Steve Blum. Yeah. 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 I think he voices one of the characters, and then he's also another side character, and he's just kind of using his regular Steve Blum voice. But Which we love Steve Blum. He's he's awesome. He's a nice man. <laughs> we did. We, we both met him at a con. Very wholesome dude. So... <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that was fucking Death Parade. Whew, what a show. Definitely highly recommended, like we said. So. Yeah, a very good show. So yeah, um, unfortunately, I don't think there is a wheel for this one. No, because so. we're doing uh, Fringe Season 3 yeah. next. So stay tuned for that on the uh, for the next TV show. So I don't know if they, I don't know if we know what movie we're on now, but whatever. So. Uh, we're in October somewhere. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yep. So... <laughs> uh, we have a Halloween episode, and next month is movie month. So we have, that will be eight movies in a row. 
like two a week, pretty neato. Yep. Gotta get our episodes done. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. We have so much more planned for you. And no Christmas episode. Out of Fuck spite. Uh <laughs> Fuck Christmas. Okay, bye. All right, see it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to interact with the show more, you can follow us on Twitter, at Roulette Cinema. If you wish to follow our hosts, Justin is at JK Pancake on Twitter, and Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc. on Twitter. If you wish to watch a video version of the podcast, it can be found on the YouTube channel, CamCam. Cam. Thanks again to Teller's Place for making the base art for all of our thumbnails. And if you enjoyed the show, please remember to subscribe or rate on whatever podcast app you use.